listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Hour number two of Miller and Moulton on this President's Day. Top of the morning to you. How the heck are you? Hope you had a good weekend, and thanks for starting your week off with us. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Felipe is back. We'll hear from him next segment with the Clutch Vodka Play of the Day. Plus, also, we'll get the, the full scouting report. Big weekend. This girlfriend's family out of town meeting the brothers. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Does he look battered and bruised? No, he, he looks look- all right. I will say it's, you know, a lot of folks in the last three days wanting the poll question day to be who should be the producer of the show. Roger Cole or Felipe, you you lost um, a out lot of street out of cred. Mind, buddy. Yeah, very much so with uh, with some of the audience. There's no doubt there. But for the clutch play of the day, that's about the only thing bringing him back. <laughs> so we'll see what it is, and we'll hear from Felipe next segment. Get the full scoop as to how it went, whether or not the relationship has survived. Okay, that whole deal. Um. You know, I tried to get us up to date on things that not only just happened yesterday, but that kind of sort of happened, you know, over the last 72 hours, things you may have missed. Well, I missed something. And a buddy of mine had texted it to me right at the end of the starting five there and said, hey, you missed your buddy Mike Westoff's unretiring. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? You got to text him. You got his number. Apparently... The guy who said, oh, no, no, I'm done. I'm done. He ain't done. Sean Payton got a gig. Remember, he worked for Sean in New Orleans. And Sean really likes him, and he really likes Sean a lot. Right. And, uh, you know, Sean wanted him to stay in New Orleans. And Mike's like, come on, I'm in my 70s. I'm done. There's like three special teams plays a game. I don't need to do this. I got a bad hip. I'm going to write a book. No, no, no. Just let me go to Southwest Florida and hang out, play golf. Well, you know, once you fake, fix the hip, write the book, play golf for a couple of years, Sean Payton calls you up and says, what do you say? It's like, yeah, all right, come to think of it. Sure. So he's, I'll tell you what, this is the job we all want. He's assistant head coach, and he's assisting the special teams coach. Basically, the head coach wants him there. And he gets to come in when he wants, say what he wants, and do what he wants. That's what the job sounds like to me. And, Mark, there's the possibility that Sean's going to hire Rex Ryan to be the defensive coordinator. Doesn't hard knocks have to go to Denver? I think so. Obviously, they won't because the first-time coach gets you off the list. Change the rules. Change the rules. Don't You're the National Football League. You do it all the time. It is a hard knocks greatest hits between Rex Ryan and Mike Westoff. Done. Done. If you can just somehow cue Rex up to go have a snack. I don't know how they do it. Okay, remember that big fiery oh, yeah. team speech, and he ended by saying, now let's go have a damn snack. <laughs> okay, you don't have to threaten me, coach. 
Never have to threaten us for a snack. We're always ready for a snack. Okay. Didn't know a snack could be so angry, but okay. That was definitely a defensive lineman snack, looking back Man. upon it. So don't we have to, I mean, get an, and I mean, NFL Networks has got no programming, don't you? Just well, mic up Denver. Between Sean Payton, Mike Westoff, and Rex Ryan, let's do this. Have it be an alternate channel during the games. We'll just mic them up. I'm stunned he talked Westoff into coming back. I know. Well, he's got all that Walmart money. I mean, I'll bet. How many times do you think? We're going to get Mike on. Okay. That is your mission in life. All right. We have to get Westoff on between now and training camp. And we'll just. An over-under of five, how many times Peyton had to ask him to unretire. I'm going over. I'll bet you Mike said no every day for like two weeks. And Sean probably just kept throwing another $50,000 on top of the pile. Ah. <laughs> uh. Now I've got to root for Denver. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. Now I've got to root for Denver. That's what happens. And that's what happens in this world. You know, I, I'm a Red Wing fan. My least favorite team was first the Blackhawks, who used to beat the Red Wings, and then the Colorado Avalanche, who beat up on the Red Wings, and they beat up on one another. And then all of a sudden, a guy I know is the head coach. I find myself rooting for the Colorado Avalanche. Right. <laughs> first off, do you think Russell – Wilson, I, Sean might have to pull West off aside and go, listen, you can say anything to anybody except the quarterback. Okay. He's a little sensitive. Okay. I, I'm just, I'm trying to rebuild his confidence. Okay. Just leave the quarterback to me. Cause can you imagine if Sean lets West off talk to Russell Wilson, the way he wants to talk to Russell Wilson. Remember, he's assisting the special teams, but he's an assistant to the head coach. There ain't nothing he can't comment about. Correct. This is Mike Westoff. Love to see Russ bring in one of his crew members there, you know, his entourage, and see how Westoff would react to that in the locker room. Did you see Westoff? Okay. I don't even know if he's familiar with the whole phrase, you know, let Russ cook. Imagine if we tell him about that and say, so listen, when he's screwing up, you need to attack his cooking. Oh, my goodness. Westoff will just go off one day at camp. You know, I heard something you said you wanted to cook. You couldn't cook eggs with the way you're playing. And then it'll just, that'll start. There we go. The wide receivers will be cracking up. <laughs> Tell you what. <laughs> oh, man. Can we can we take a trip? I mean, I know it doesn't really work with the Florida Sports Network, but can we do three days at Broncos camp? Golly. Sean Payton, Rex Ryan, Mike Westoff. I don't even know if I care about the games. Man, can we just get cameras and microphones where we need cameras and microphones? Oh. And Rex coming back he's been out now since what when was the last game he coached 2016 season he got fired i think he went eight and eight with buffalo they got rid of him and uh brought in mcdermott and company in 2017 so he's been out of the league six full seasons 
Westhoff 75, Rex is 60. Now, Rex hasn't been officially hired yet. But apparently he's the leading candidate for the defensive coordinator job. I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, Denver's going to blitz like crazy. That's all Rex wants to do. Yeah, so they you got can... the mad mad scientist as head coach, Sean Payton. Okay, you got Westoff, who's just you know a walking blog, and then you got Rex, who's just you know send another guy, uh, coach. We sent eight on that last play. Well, can we send nine? Right now, Westoff's trying to figure out if his kicker can kick it high enough to land it on the goal line right now. How high can you – I know you can kick it out of the end zone. What I want to know is can you let it hang up in the air for an hour and a half? That's what's important to me. I could hear him now. You know, I've always dreamed about being the special teams coach in altitude. There's always things I thought I could do. Do you know what we can do with punt coverage now? I... Man, oh, man. Listen, if I'm – Netflix, I'm committing right now. If Rex Ryan gets hired as defensive coordinator, I'm committing right now to the 2023 Denver Broncos a year in the life. I am. Absolutely. I mean, what's the network? I mean, somebody followed the Arizona Cardinals last year. Was it Showtime or whatever? Was it Showtime or was it HBO that did a hard knocks in season, if you will? Right, yeah, Yeah. HBO. It was HBO. Okay, well, you got to do it on Denver. I mean, for goodness sakes, people actually watch that. And they could be, if they're 5 and 12, it'd be phenomenal. I mean, anything, 12 and 5, 5 and 12, anything in between. No, really, 5 and 12 or 12 and 5. Anything in between won't be nearly as exciting, David. When you really step back and look at it, one or the other would be outstanding. Man. Can you imagine the trash talking Rex, Sean Payton, and Mike Westhoff will do if they start winning on the sidelines? Oh, my goodness. Well, and obviously, Sean's convinced they're going to win and win now. No doubt. Of course, the great thing is with Westhoff, he tells he is just I mean, he'll turn and look at Rex. Imagine they blitz and they give up a touchdown. Westhoff will go right by him and go, You should go back to ESPN. That blank ain't working. <laughs> uh, the coaches can't play, but it's certainly gonna make it interesting in Denver this year. Golly, that's I'm so fired up. I, I can't wait. Now I want Rex to get the job. I think it'd be a huge mistake. Six years, that's a long time. You know, I don't know if his style of defense would still work. Maybe it'd work more. I mean, who knows? I mean, there are people I talk to who think that the old Buddy Ryan defense with this whole mobile quarterback and wanting to run the quarterback more, uh, there are a lot of people that I've talked to who have said what you should do is just blow up the quarterback on every play. You don't try. Don't even worry about it. Just keep blowing up the quarterback. Do it for the whole first quarter. Trust me, they'll stop. So maybe his defense would actually be pretty effective, more effective. So, but I saw that during the commercial break. Our buddy Mike Westoff is back. Oh my goodness! And- I'm more excited about that than wherever the hell Aaron Rodgers ends up. I got to be honest. Well, he's come out from the darkness now. <laughs> well, Rogers or Westoff? Well, both. 
<laughs> and Derek Carr talked to the Jets over the weekend, apparently, as well. So that's... I know. He spent the weekend with them. You ever been to Forum Park, New Jersey? I mean, I, I love Jersey. I'm from Jersey. I, there's a golf course in Florham Park. It's a nice uh, little country club course. Okay. There's no reason to spend the weekend, though. Got to be honest. In Day February? Trip. Yeah, exactly. I mean, one overnight, two tops. You know, fly in late on Friday, do dinner, spend the whole day Saturday. Now I'll take the early morning flight out Sunday. That's it. But they didn't want to let him leave. That's the way you got to do these things. You got to keep enticing them to get that contract yep. signed. Miller and Moulton, always good for an overnight or two, right here on the Florida Sports Network. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes past the hour. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Happy President's Day. We're working. Hope you don't have to. But if so, well, hope your week gets off to a good start and hope we are doing our part. Todd Bodine, who raced in the Daytona 500, helped cover the sport for Fox. He will join us at the top of the hour looking back at a wreck-filled finish and finishing under caution. Whether or not we should do that. We'll talk to Todd Bodine about that coming up in about 40 minutes' time. Hey, um, I did something over the weekend I'd never done before. I broadcast a college basketball game with Artis Gilmore as the analyst. Whoa. The pride of Jacksonville University led them to the national championship game back in, I think it was 1970. They lost to Wooden and UCLA during one of the years in between Alcindor and Walton. But he took Jacksonville all the way to the championship game. It's a Hall of Famer. And, Mark, I thought of you. Yeah? I thought of you throughout the whole broadcast. I love me some artist Gilmore. <laughs> well, I mean, this is right up our alley here. I mean, that is a big man, by the way. I remember working an FGCU game years ago and against JU. An artist was doing color for them, and he came down. He is just – he's huge. He's 73 years old now, and he's still seven feet tall. I mean, he was a little over seven feet. You know, I mean, I don't know. That's a pretty high altitude there. You know, I'm, you know I mean, he may still be seven two for all I know. But, but I can certainly attest to the seven-foot part. He's a big man. And, um, and we did a game together. Uh, the JU women on senior day, and they rallied to win in overtime. It was exciting. And um, But I thought of you because, and we've told the story before, is that when I first got together with Troy Aikman, all right, Troy apparently has a friend, a good friend named Mark Moulton. And so Troy didn't know me from Adam. I was kind of thrust upon him. And so, you know, hey, what's your name? You know, David Moulton. And uh, the Moulton part set in. So for the first two games we did together, he called me Mark. I didn't know why, but the first, the second game we're doing together, I text Mark and I go, hey, just so you know, you're working with Aikman. And you're like, <laughs> what the heck? And I go, he's been calling me Mark the whole game. Okay. And I just think it's hysterical because of all the names, it's yours, you know? So artists is used to working with a guy named Scotty. 
He's the regular play-by-play guy. And so, you know, artist the first couple times is really good. You know, well, David, you know, and then he goes right in. It's kind of like when we interview somebody and they use our names. It's kind of like, ah, yeah, there you go. Way to reach out, make us feel like, you know, we're, we're closer than we really are. But, you know, once the game gets going and, you know, the flow of it and what have you, and you're, you're just going with the comments. Well, Scotty, and that starts in about the second quarter. Because women's basketball, they do it by quarters. And um, it's artist Gilmore. I mean, it's the Hall of Famer. I'm on his turf. We're at Jacksonville. You know, the, his number's right up there on the wall. You know, did I mention he's all a favorite? Did I mention he's seven feet tall? Okay. So, um, yeah, I'll let it go on. And what I thought was every time we came back from commercial, I channeled my inner Joe Buck. You know how Joe would say, you know, Joe Buck with the Hall of Famer Troy Aikman. Right. Well, it's the first, first time I've ever had a chance to go David Moulton here courtside with the Hall of Famer Artis Gilmore. Figuring one of those times. Go, he he oh, would yeah, hear right. you say your name. David, right. Well, Scotty. So uh, mid-fourth quarter. I just, during the break, I just kind of leaned over. I had written my name down on a piece of paper and I just kind of pointed at it. And he went, oh my goodness, I've been calling you Scotty. And I go, yeah. I go, but ever since you started calling me Scotty, the home team started playing better. And now they're winning. (laughs) I go, so I say we go with it. He goes, you're on. So we come back and he goes, hey, Scotty. Okay. I know your name's David. Okay. So, but I've been calling you Scotty. But since we're now winning, how about if I call you Scotty David the rest of the game? I said, fine. So that's what we were for the rest of the game. Scotty David with the Hall of Famer artist Gilmore. <laughs> well, that's, you know what? It's easier to spell than Moulton. They misspell your last name all the time. Totally. Totally. So, uh, you know, the home team rallied to win in overtime. So, you know, Scotty David it is. All right, Scotty, David, I like it. Time now for our play of the day brought to you by Clutch Vodka. That's Clutch with a K. Felipe back from the big city, went to New York for the weekend. He's got his Brooklyn Nets t-shirt on today. Oh, my goodness. Oh, what did you expect? Well, they're giving those away now. I bet it yeah. was four bucks. Yeah, it's a, it was a, it's a Kyrie jersey. It was on clearance. <laughs> clearance rack. Oh, I'll take that. 20 bucks? <laughs> did they give you the 20? <laughs> So what do we got today, Felipe? All right, we had two powerhouses last night. And no, I'm not talking about the NBA All-Star game. I'm talking about the Oilers and the Avalanche. Miko Rantanen with the game-winning goal in overtime. Final seconds left in overtime. Copper wins it again. Back for Devontae. Tie the zone. Now Miko Rantanen has it. Rantanen, top of the circle. Cuts to the middle. Rantanen has room to shoot. Rantanen, he scores! The Moose! is loose and you don't have to go home but you can't stay here because this party is over the avalanche like lazarus have come back from the dead and once again for the second time this season they have beat the edmonton oilers in overtime the moose is loose like lazarus they have come back from the dead wow i think I, think I mean, that's Connor McGahee. That's his thing. I really like that call. That was a good one. He threw as many cliches as you could get into <laughs> one close there. He did. 
He did. But last year it was Avs and Lightning in the finals. He had Connor McGahee in Michigan. Radio calls going back and forth. Spectacular. Our Clutch Vodka play of the day. That's Clutch with a K. Check them out wherever you look for your vodka. And check them out online at clutchspirits.com. Avs were down three goals in that game? Third game in a row, Edmonton's blown a three-goal lead and lost. It hasn't been done in like over 30 years. Look, it, I would really like Edmonton to do well because it's fun watching Connor McDavid play. But Ken Holland has not served that team well. Not well enough with having the star and another superstar on the team. They were talking about it last week, Mark, how the NHL is the anti-NBA. Nobody demands a trade. And nobody threatens to hold out, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to stay home, and I'm not going to play for you. And really, I mean, you got to go back to the 90s. I mean, Messier did it in Edmonton. Messier let him know, I'm not staying here for a rebuild. I won't play for you. You better trade me. That's how he ended up in New York. And there were stars in the 90s who pulled an NBA and did it. But it really hasn't happened, Mark, in like 25 years in the NHL. And they're wondering if in Edmonton and a few other places, if their GMs continue to only help put a mediocre product on the ice. Like, because McDavid signed long-term there. I mean, Edmonton doesn't have to do a thing. They're like, you're under contract and, you know, suck it up. We'll see, because they started blowing some, you know, St. Louis blew it up already. We'll see if some other teams make some moves, if there's something to be had for Edmonton at the deadline. I think it's March 3rd, the NHL trade deadline. So a couple of weeks left as they'll start. It's already started with both the Rangers and Leafs making moves to make their teams better in the last week or so. Now, nobody thinks McDavid's getting traded this year, but just the thought of if it continues, where, like, Edmonton's a wild card team right now. They're, you know, they're okay. They're not great. And if this continues for another year or so, when does Connor McDavid say, you know what, I'm wasting my career here. Get me the heck out of here. It's as anti-hockey as anti-hockey gets. It's just not something players do. But could you blame McDavid? And if you're the league, wouldn't you want him out of Edmonton? I mean, let's be honest. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. 22 minutes before the hour, Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. We'll get back to talking Daytona 500 at the top of the hour when Todd Bodine from Fox joins us. We've talked a little Tiger today. He played four rounds. What do you say? Besties look since the car accident? Absolutely. Without question. Drove the ball incredibly well for the whole weekend. If he drives the ball like that at Augusta, people will be fired up. A revamped Augusta. I think they made changes to 5 and 13 again. <laughs> they keep making 5 harder. It's the hardest damn hole in the course. <laughs> well, specifically lengthening it, too, because it was, I mean, the green is so difficult to hit with all the different tiers and hills and knobs that go to the fifth green, and now they're trying to press them back even further behind that fairway bunker where they have to do a little more club into it. 
did have to laugh. I think it was Saturday at Riviera. Do you remember back in the day? I mean, you used to hit mid-iron into 18 at Riviera. Rom had 112 yards Saturday. They interviewed Tiger after <laughs> and showed him when he was 16 playing, you know, the difference in the swing. And Tiger comments, well, that guy's hips move a little bit better. I was mesmerized by the club. I, I wasn't watching the swing. I was looking at the club head and the difference in the club head. You mean the persimmon? Right. <laughs> With the steel shaft? <laughs> uh, I just remember, man, 18, tough driving hole. Probably got five iron for some of the shorter hitters. Four iron in, you know, the green and the hill and the slope. <laughs> Rob's, Rob's going, what's the most lofted thing you got in there? Give me that. I got a buck 12 in. It's 18 at Riviera. Damn. Uh, game's changed a little bit. Hey, you asked me something earlier. And I know you're not going to watch, and I'm probably not going to watch either. Hell, Andrew Brandt came out and said, I make my living with football. I'm not watching any spring football, okay? He said, I was involved in two spring football leagues when I was working in the NFL. We didn't really pay much attention to it when we were spending money on it. So I'm not going to do it now. And he says, I don't think anyone will ever watch spring football unless the NFL literally ties itself to it. Then then he thinks that, you know, that we might get some named players and young development guys, et cetera. But anyway, so the XFL kicked off over the weekend. Have no idea if any of you watched. It was four games. They were readily available. ESPN and its family and networks, and I think FX aired a game. But there are a lot of microphones and a lot of cameras. They've got a sideline reporter on every sideline, Mark. They're interviewing players right as they come off the field. I mean, it. they're trying to basically NASCARize, all right, the football coverage. Which is something you've, you and I have advocated for as long as we've known one another. It's one of the great things about NASCAR. They're on a caution, and they're literally going down to talk to a driver. Well, and yesterday even, for as much as I hated how the race ended, in that second-to-last caution there, and we're going to do, try to do the green-white checker thing and finish this off, they go and they're interviewing the crew chiefs. Right. Live, as they're making their last caution lap. You know, well, what's the strategy? Well, you know, we, we took the low side, okay, and we think we got help with a teammate behind us, you know, and then they go to the other one. Well, you know, we run better on the high side, so we're good, and we know so-and-so will push us. And, you know, we're just hoping we can finish this thing, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you and I have talked about it. It's the equivalent of kneeling in the on-deck circle with Jeter, you know, as they're facing, you know, whoever the heck, Knobloch, whoever's hitting ahead of them and going, listen, you know. What do you think about facing this guy? Well, you know, he usually busts me inside with fastballs. I mean, you know, imagine if we had those interviews. So that's number one that they were trying to do. Okay, it's spring football. You got to do that stuff. But they copied what the AAF did, Mark. All right. The AAF, which was only around for like seven games. David, David, just quick pause. The AAF yeah. is the, uh, what was that again? <laughs> the American. I. I don't know. I, the F, I'm pretty sure, stood for football. But I, 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 
I, I don't. I, I just know they owe me money. Okay. Okay. So that's the, that's the, the former, the league, the AAF. Right. Okay. That owes David money. Okay. Sorry. Right. Yeah, me and 7,000 other people on the list. So the Alliance of uh, American football. There it is. The Alliance. All right. Hey, hey, they owe me money. So <laughs> the hell is that? What, what they did was they had cameras and microphones in the replay booth. And the person who was in charge of replay was saying, okay, give me that angle again, what have you. And you got to see and hear the replay official communicate with the television network and see the replays that they were looking at as they were looking at them. Well, in this case, it's Dean Blandino. I mean, this guy was in charge of NFL officiating. It's him and Mike Pereira at Fox, okay? And Blandino's taking us through live because he's the guy ultimately deciding the call. And he is taking us through it step by step. You know, the NFL is always looking to try to get better. And ultimately, at the end of the day, Mark, what is the NFL? It's an entertainment product. And it's a television product. Well... You can't do better than that. I mean, we all hate the length of replays, right? We, we we hate it. Blandino, by the way, they were about to line up for the extra point, and they go to the booth, and Blandino says, no, 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 we got to stop this and take a look at this. So that in and of itself right there, you're like, well, there we go. Okay. We're not going to have happen here what's happened late in the NFL postseason. Okay. They're going to take a look at this play. And then Blandino took us through. I'm really torn. I mean, he openly said, he goes, you know, if they had ruled this an interception, I couldn't overturn it. But they ruled it a touchdown. I don't think I can overturn that either. And then he even mentioned, he goes, you know, we've been at this a long time. We got to make a decision. I'm I'm just going to stick with the call because I haven't seen any. I can't overturn this. I wouldn't even know what to overturn it. So, but... There we go. And and you lost track of how long it was. And it was over two minutes. And now, normally, if the replay official's looking at a call for over two minutes, we at home are like, oh, for goodness sakes, make a decision already. What more do you need to see? Well, that gets to the point, too, when they've gone that long that they think we think for sure the call is going to be overturned as well. The longer it goes, the likelihood is it's going to be changed. At least that's what's in our heads. And and I know the NFL walks this fine line of never want to be seen as copying anyone. You know, we are the leaders. We are better and above everything. And you all, well, you're all minor league and we're not adopting any ideas from you. But the fact of the matter is the NFL took a lot from the XFL 22 years ago. I mean, the camera angles, microphones, a couple of the rule changes. I mean, they actually, for a league that was around a year, they actually took a lot from it, particularly in television. And you asked me, how much of the XFL did I watch this weekend? I watched 10 minutes, and six of the 10 minutes were two replays being looked at. Now, did you just out of curiosity, were you on Twitter and saw that there was a replay and wanted to see it, no. or did you just happen no. to... You happened to catch it at that time. Because I saw that highlight on 
whether nope. it's a four-letter network or wherever. I know, I know the play of which you speak because they showed that highlight a lot. No, I actually caught it live. Was flipping through the channels and went, huh, I'll be damned, Orlando's playing. And threw it on. And it was like third and 15, and Paxton Lynch throws it deep down the sideline. And it looked, and the announcer goes, intercepted. Touchdown. <laughs> well, that'll get you going. Right. And I'm like, well, okay. Now I'm, now I'm kind of curious, which is it? But it was, it was good television, Mark. And also in this day and age of gambling, how much money was legally bet on the Super Bowl in this country? $16 billion. Basically, the value of the NFL annually was bet on the Super Bowl. And we're only going to have more of it because only more and more states are approving legalized gambling. And Mark, what is the one thing that we have said, the only thing seemingly that can take down the National Football League would be whether or not we question the authenticity of the games being played. As long as the American public is convinced that these games are on the up and up, it's difficult to imagine that this league is not going to be the 800-pound gorilla for the rest of our lives. And as you said, what other way to have the authenticity of the call than to be right in the booth while it's happening? And yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, we all say some things. I mean, heck, we may see the replay process. Like, I disagreed with Blandino. Blandino was convinced he didn't have a good look at it. And I kept I'm yelling at the TV, by the way. Yes, that's right. I'm yelling at the TV of an XFL game. And I'm like, Dean, he's got it in his left arm right there when he hits the ground. And they never froze it at that moment when he hit the ground. They always waited like an additional half roll. And I'm like, look, the defender's got it in his left arm. So even though Blandino took me through the whole thing and what have you, I'm still disagreeing with it. But I at least know that the decision he made he was very authentic in what he was saying and doing. And he was torn by it. He's like, you know, guys, I should be able to, you know, know whether or not this is a touchdown or an interception. And I can't, I'm looking at all these and I, I can't tell. So I got to stick with the original call. And then the announcer, after the official makes the call, the announcer asks him and said, so are you saying if it was ruled an interception, you would have confirmed that? He said, yes. I had to go with the call on the field. Huh. Okay. From a fan standpoint, from a betting standpoint, don't you think that would help the NFL and college football also going forward? Well, I think it makes for great television. I mean, anytime you get more insight, why are these docuseries doing so well, whether it's Drive to Survive or Full Swing, because we're getting – access to things we don't normally get to get access to things that we normally don't get in real time David would be spectacular for the television product I mean I didn't watch the football I mean I saw the play I literally happened to flip to it five seconds before the play happened 
then I watched the whole replay thing and them explaining it and what have you. And then I just had, they stayed with it long enough. I heard the interviews on the side. They interviewed the receiver and they interviewed the defensive back. And the DB is like, well, I had it. And then when they rolled over, he kind of wrestled it from me. He goes, but he said, when we hit the ground, I thought I had it. And the receiver, by the way, is apparently came back, you know, he problems with drugs. So they went in quickly to his story. He was, you know, out of football for the last year and a half, nearly lost his family. Now here he is back, you know, trying to put his life back together and what have you. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is a hell of an eight minutes of television right here. You Damn. Caught, you caught their Emmy reel, David. I don't know if you're aware of that. <laughs> yes. I don't know if we need to show the rest of the season. I just say we take the four winners from week one, put them in the playoffs now. Let's go. Semifinals and finals. Call it a day. Did you watch the XFL over the weekend? Probably should be our poll question today. Are we still doing that? We did it last week. Five for five. I know. Four for four early. We're about midway through the show on Friday. We're about midway through the show here on Monday. Want to ask people what they watch? Tiger, Daytona 500, XFL? I'm more curious of how many watch the XFL. I really am because it's football all the time. That's all you ever talk about. And I don't mean you, David. I mean our audience. When we go out, when I see people, oh, now that football's over, what are you talking about? We talk about football because that's what people want. Right, that old Daryl Royal line. We got two seasons here in Texas, football and spring football. That's right. (laughs) We will talk more football in the 8 o'clock hour. Newly hired assistant head coach of the Denver Broncos, Mike Westhoff, to join us in about 40 minutes. That's phenomenal. That's how he rolls. He'll join us at the bottom of the 8 o'clock hour. Todd Bodine to talk more. Daytona 500 coming up here in about 7 or 8 minutes as – David yelled at the television during the XFL game and yelled at the television during the Daytona 500. We'll find out if either of those yells were warranted. Miller and Moulton, thanks so much for listening right here on the Florida Sports Network.